Today, we look at the impact of ending SLRs in the US on the markets. We'll actually start by explaining what they are. Plus, another central banker loses his job in Turkey for daring to put interest rates up. We'll look at what the impact on that could have on the markets today. Whilst Britain jabs like crazy, Europe dithers and delays on vaccines and spending up their stimulus. We'll find out about the trans-Tasman bubble today as well, perhaps. It's Monday, the 22nd of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, it was another day of uh, counter-cyclicals, as we like to call it, in that the Nasdaq was up on Friday, gaining three-quarters of 1%, and the Dow losing three-quarters of 1%. Uh, big falls in Europe, too. The FTSE, DAX, and Cat Caron all down more than 1% on Friday. Ten-year Treasury yields uh, uh, almost um, reached 1.75%, but fell back to one72 so a three or four basis point uh, fall on Friday on government bond yields as well across much of Europe. The US dollar wobbled a bit, but didn't really show any big moves at the end of the week. But the Aussie dollar was down uh, close to a quarter of 1%, down a tiny bit more than that over the whole week. The pound lost 0.4% on Friday, which was pretty much what it lost over the entire week as well. And oil bouncing back on Friday. WTI was up 2.4%, back up to 61.42 a barrel, having dipped below 59 earlier in the day. But of course... It had been up to 66 a week ago. So uh, let's talk supplementary leverage ratios to uh, kick the week <laughs> off, because that was the, the big news on Friday from the Fed. Uh, it's going to end at the uh, the end of March. Let's look at the impact of that with Rodrigo Catrill, Senior FX Strategist at NAB in Sydney. First of all, maybe we should actually ask, what are supplementary leverage ratios? So my understanding is a central bank buys bonds, it's paying for them in cash, which is deposited in banks. That becomes a liability for the bank, so they need more uh, capital to cover that liability. Uh, so they've been let off having quite so much capital. It's always very confusing when you're talking about bank balance sheets, but is that basically the way it works? Um, yes. So so the idea of the, the capital ratio is that um, there, there's a measurement of, of trying to measure the, all the assets uh, within the bank. Yeah. And then, um, and then the central bank or the the Fed in this case sets a minimal ratio or quantity of of capital that you that you need to have against these assets. Now, what the what the sort of the relief that was announced during the the midst of the of the pandemic was that treasuries and central bank deposits will be excluded from the measure of total assets. Right. So by okay. making the bank's assets smaller then you also needed to have less capital against those assets. Um, at the same time, what it also allowed is it meant that banks had the ability to, to hold those treasuries um, and, um, and they basically created, it created a demand for U.S. treasuries in a sense. So the concern mm. is that by removing um, this extension, then the banks' demand. appetite for, for, for treasuries will decline. Um, especially under the context that now we're having a huge amount of supply of treasuries coming. And that's why we saw U.S. treasuries jump or spike a little bit high. Um, and then they've, they essentially reversed part of, part of that move. Um, but uh, but the, part of the reason why the market also kind of calmed down, if you like, from, from the initial reaction is that the Fed expressed um, um, their willingness, if you like, to listen to the market and to find a more permanent solution to to the capital ratio. So there's, there's going to be discussions around working around making the process a little bit smoother and, and put less pressure on the banks in terms of uh, the volatility that is created around holding or not holding treasuries. But I mean, they're on a tight timescale. I mean, they're saying at the end of this month, which is uh, you know, a little over a little over a week ago. So Yes, but, uh, but the, market, the, the banks had been preparing already 
mm. for that. So in reality, so for instance, Cit Citigroup had a leverage ratio of 7% before the announcement. And now that the announcement is being made, it means that its ratio goes down to 5.9. So, um, and Citi needs to have at least 5%. So, so the banks were already sort of ready for it, if you like. Um, so mm. the, the ratios were already elevated and, and comfortably above the minimum level. Um, it just means that, uh, in a sense, there's less appetite for banks to buy treasuries. And of course, uh, the important factor is that now we have a, an increasing amount of, of treasuries being supplied to the market uh, yeah. by the government. So does this give an indi indication then of how, how many more or less that the, the Fed is expected to buy up? Does it give an, an indication about you know their involvement going forwards? Well, at the moment, and not necessarily, what, what it does create or the concern is that we've seen a push up in US Treasury yields because the Fed would argue that it's a reflection of the market pricing in a stronger economic recovery. Um, but it's about the volatility and how quickly you, you, you see that rise. If that rise becomes very accentuated, um, then it can become a source of instability for the market and it can tighten financial conditions and that's when it becomes a problem. So at the moment, the Fed is comfortable with the rise, uh, but if but if it continues to rise at sort of the pace that we've seen at the moment, then it will become a challenge and it will be a test for, for the Fed to see whether they have to come into the market and buy some more in order to stabilize the market. Right. And uh, Jerome Powell has been saying that the recovery is far from complete. You know, he said this before. He was saying it in an op-ed in the, uh, the Wall Street Journal at the end of the week. I have to say, I'm not a big fan of the governor of the Federal Reserve writing pieces that sit behind the paywall. I think they should be there available for everyone to see. I only say that because I'm not a subscriber to the Wall Street Journal. I subscribe to so many titles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for another one. But you do, and you've read it. What was he saying? Well, to be honest, it, I, I, first of all, I think you, you're quite right. If the central bank is trying to deliver a message, he needs to make, make yeah, sure that everybody can, can hear it. So, uh, but uh, yeah. in terms of what he said, he didn't really say anything new. He's been saying it for quite some time now that the, the, the bank, first of all, that the recovery is is positive, that we, we're kind of in a, in a good path, but we're a long way from, from the full recovery. Uh, and that the Fed remains well committed to support the recovery along the way. Um, and therefore, at this stage, it's not it's not a time for for discussing any exit strategies or anything like that because it's just the beginning of this this solid recovery. Um, um, and therefore, the the key message is that for now, we got to remember that the Fed remains committed to its ultra easy policy setting for for at least uh, you know the next year or so. So. Um, so the the market that to some extent that the release of or the the news over the over Friday was that uh, this op-ed was released almost at the same time as the announcement was made about the the leverage ratio. So it kind of helped uh, smooth the, the the market volatility, if you like, or, over the over the news. Right, and drove up Wall Street Journal subscriptions. Uh, look, uh, 884,000 jabs in a day in the UK on Saturday. They've had a few days now, over 700,000. This is phenomenal, isn't it? Uh, the, the the vaccine rollout there. And it really is uh, shifting the UK-EU story. Actually, it's really UK and US versus the EU story because the EU obviously low on vaccines. Uh, and uh, it's also uh, being slow on its use of the uh, of the euro's uh, pandemic recovery fund as well. Whereas in the US, very quick on vaccines and already posting out the checks for the stimulus funds. So Europe's not doing very well in this. You just wonder how, you know, how much confidence there is going to be 
in the EU uh, through all of this? Well, I think it is quite right. At the moment, there are concerns around, uh, and that's what the ECB message was uh, led last week, is that it's not just about what's going on with the virus, but it's also been a lack of sort of activity from, from, from governments to make a fiscal plan, knowing that they have the ability to have this money, you know, coming from the, mm. from the fund. But yet um, uh, that process is very slow, which means that the spending from the fiscal side is also likely to be slow. So um, it, and, and of course, the one thing you didn't mention is that, you know, we are, there are concerns about the space or rather the pace of, of the new infections that we've seen in places like Italy and Germany. And the consequences yep. of whatever I mean in terms of the extension of the current lockdowns as well, and, and France as well, as you mentioned too. So um, it is a bit of a triple whammy for for, for Europe at the moment, and uh, and the UK certainly more so than the the US. It seems to be sort of leading and and, and really performing quite well. Um, the reason why I don't put the US in that place is because over um, on Friday we also had Dr. Fauci. Um, raising the alarm, if you like, uh, to some concerns about the, the rapid pace of uh, the level of infection coming from the UK variants, and uh, particularly in the Midwest. And uh, there are concerns there that there's a potential that things could get out of control as well. So that's kind of a new theme as well that we, we need to keep an eye on in the US, given particularly that now we're sort of in springtime and we're starting to see more people wanting to travel a lot more. Um, so that again, it's not, it's not, it's, it's sort of a nice recipe for spreading the disease as well. Yes, yeah, so it's not good, is it, for the uh, European services sector? Because you know, holidays are going to take a hit uh, this year. That's for sure. Uh, just when they were hoping it wouldn't be. Look, uh, while we're in that part of the world, uh, tell me about President Erdogan and uh, basically sacking another central bank governor this week uh, on Friday. Well, so basically what we had is that um, Erdogan has removed yet again uh, the central banker um, and the governor of, of uh, Turkey's central bank. And the, the important thing is that the governor had been actually lifting the cash rate there, trying to, to contain inflation. And, uh, and that was actually perceived as a positive from, from the market. So the removal obviously challenges that view um, and that confidence on, on, on the lira. Um, the lira is not trading at the moment, but what we're seeing is that South African run, for instance, has lost over 1% at the open uh, of the uh, New Zealand time. And also the, the Aussie and the Kiwi have come a little bit under pressure, down around 30, 30 pips at the open. So uh, at a minimum, I think it's, it seems fair to suggest that EMFX will come under a little bit of pressure at the open of, of the new week. And uh, inevitably, the Aussie and the Kiwi, which, which obviously are risk-sensitive currencies, will struggle a little bit at the open just to see how, how the lira settles when it opens later today. Yeah. So a quiet day ahead today. Well, of course, it's Sunday in many parts of the world still, but uh, we get more from Jerome Powell overnight tonight. Uh, he's talking for free this time on a panel on central bank innovation. Uh, plus, we've got uh, some auctions, uh, three and six month bill auctions in the US as well. Uh, existing home sales for February and and in China, the one year loan prime rate, which isn't expected to move. Tell us about all that lot. Yes, all of that is unlikely to be market moving today. Um, um, China's loan prime rate, of course, is important, but uh, and, and, and no change is expected there. Uh, importantly, over the weekend, we had the PBOC confirming yet again that they're not concerned about the sort of the tightening of liquidity in the economy, that they've, they're pretty much ready to pump more liquidity if needed. And everything is sort of within the ratios of, of the nominal growth in the, in the economy. 
So nothing new there. And I suppose in terms of the, the week, you, you mentioned auctions today in terms of those bills auctions, but the real news or the real sort of focus on the week will be the US Treasury auctions of the five, seven year uh, notes in particular, um, because those yep. will be important because we've seen, of course, the, the market testing, if you like, um, um, uh, to see the appetite uh, for for US Treasury notes, particularly around the five and ten year part of the curve, so that will be important given all this theme around the volatility that we're seeing in US Treasury yields at the moment. Yeah, will the yields push higher? That's the question, isn't it? We also get uh, flash PMIs, not just for the US, actually for for many parts of the world. And uh, hey, this is going to be fun. Jerome Powell in a Senate hearing in front of Janet Yellen. She uh, she she's going to love it. Wouldn't you love the opportunity to grill the person who's taken over your job? I mean, that would just be heaven, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, they're both speaking before Congress. So I suppose they're both getting grilled, but uh, uh, it will be interesting mm. to see the dynamic and particular um, the emphasis from, from uh, Yellen in terms of talking up the economy and the prospects of full employment being rich next year. So that will be very interesting because, of course, Fetch uh, power has been positive, but less cautious in terms of the improvement of the labor market. And uh, that will be a very important, interesting dynamic because if Powell opens the, the door to, to the prospects of that happening next year, then the market will say, well, you're going to have full employment and you're going to have inflation at elevated levels. So that will open the door for the Fed to bring forward those those Fed uh, high expectations. So it will be an interesting, an interesting debate. Yeah. So well, I you know, I did not as much fun as I thought it was going to be, though. I thought she was going to be asking the questions, but obviously not. Good to talk anyway, Rodrigo. We'll catch you again. Well, actually, you're not for a few weeks because you're off on holiday. So we'll see you in a few weeks. Great. Thanks, Phil. Talk soon. Because he's not going to be going very far from his holiday, but soon, maybe today or early this week, we might find out about that New Zealand Australia bubble. Are we going to find that kicking off at the beginning of next month? That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'm back again tomorrow. I'll see you then.